My name's Ian Aber, and this is Straight People. Uh, we're joined uh, today uh, by our guest, uh, Cindy Culpepper. How are you, Cindy? I'm very well, thanks. Well, very nice of you to join us. Um, we had a mistake. You came on Monday. Today's Damn. Wednesday. I had told I you, I had told you, hey, let's do it Wednesday. And then I was like, see you tomorrow. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, he changed his mind. I know, cool. right? Thank you so much. Um, we are, as always, recording live from my husband's basement. Um, that's where <laughs> It's so cozy. I, love it. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, Cindy, you do stand up. I do. So, that's how I met you originally. Was God, I feel like it, it's been a few years, right? It was 2014. 2014, so, yeah, almost six, six years, years ago. Yeah. So, you took the Laughing School class, right? I did. Uh, with Marshall and um, and me, mm-hmm. I was in there. <laughs> I was in there too. Mm-hmm. I always always say that it's Marshall's class, and I just helped. Um, yeah, I'd say it was your class, and Marshall showed up. Oh, <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> Marshall, don't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, skip this one. Don't listen. No, to this but one. um, but uh, and then you took Lace's class, so Laugh Lab. So you're like, God, you must be like the fourth or fifth Laugh Lab. A graduate I've had on here. Um, so then that's how we can reconnect it as I saw you yeah. at one of the shows or ran into you somewhere. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, so I know it's indelicate to ask anyone's age. Oh. So just tell me like around the, when did you graduate from high school? I think 1981. 1981. So 56. 56. 57 oh. this year. Okay, good. Yeah, I, don't. I just had a guest who did not want to tell me her age. Oh, so. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Some things you can't hide. Okay, so this is great because then we can get into like classic definitions of straightness, right? Yes. So this show is called Straight People. Mm-hmm. It's a and I and I, I do a podcast called Straight People because they don't have enough. Straight people don't. <laughs> they don't. Oh, we um, pretty much cornered the market yeah, already. Right. So tell me a little bit about like so when you were you identify as straight, right? For now. Like, for yeah. now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> or best offer is that like absolutely a, okay. absolutely. Uh, <laughs> One. Right. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but um, tell me, like, uh, when you're when you're a straight person, you're just born straight. You think you're regular. You don't know anything different. And when you're gay, you're born. You're like, something's off. What's mm-hmm. going on? So when you're straight, though, you find out what gay people are. So tell me, like, who's the first? What, when was the first time you knew what gay or lesbian or met a gay person or knew of a gay person? Um, back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. So we're, we're talking like uh, early 70s yeah. for me, like mid-70s. Okay. Uh, we moved to Talladega, Alabama okay. when I was nine. From where? From Jackson, Tennessee. Okay. So always been in the South. Okay. And um, I went to a school. I'd come from a school that was a predominantly white school. Like we yeah. only had two adorable little African-American girls in our class. Yeah. And I moved to Alabama and it's 50-50. Okay. So that was a bit of a, a, bit of a shock there. Yeah. And um, when you move to a new town, your parents stick you in activities they think that you're going to, you know, you should do or that are safe or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So got involved in a local church and there was an older guy in our youth group that I just immediately connected with. I made some smart ass crack and he was the only one who laughed and I was like, we can be friends. (laughs) And so we started hanging out. So I was about 10 or 11. So he was maybe 12 or 13. Yeah. And I remember we were on this youth thing, this youth thing, and we stopped at a Baskin Robbins and there was this incredibly hot guy at the getting a Moa Moa Punch or Jamoke Almond Fudge or whatever he was getting. And, you know, Foster Grant's big in the day. Yeah. Tight jeans, also big in the day. And I'm just, like, eyeballing him. And I made some comment about him being hot or, I'd, you know, how much I'd like to go out with him or something like that. And Les goes, not if I get him first. And I went, oh, so that's how it is. Okay, cool. You know, I yeah. understood. The guy was hot. Yeah. Everybody ought to think he's hot. He didn't really strike me as unusual yeah. at the time. 
but he never really said much about it. And he couldn't, you know, obviously be openly gay. Yeah. And all through junior high and high school, we became really good friends. And it was awesome for me because my mother loved him. Mm -hmm. I think she probably suspected that he might be gay. My mom was a racist, but she was not homophobic. (laughs) I mean, she was really (laughs) a closet racist, but she was openly very supportive of of gay people. She didn't have a problem with that. My dad, another story. But anything I did with Les was fine because he was a guy. So there was the protector element. And because he was gay, she wasn't worried about him taking advantage of anything. So I got to do all kinds of really cool shit. Cool. It's fine. cool stuff yeah. because I had my, my, you know, gay best friend buddy. Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. That's and so, cool. but I always felt so bad for him because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't be himself. And yeah. so, you know, he led, led this sort of double life um, yeah. through high school until he went away to college yeah. and then he got to really blossom in college, which yeah. I thought was awesome. And where is he now? He passed away. He, he, he was a, a victim of the AIDS epidemic. Oh, that's then, too bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you, I think when you come out like he did at a time he did, and oh, all well, that absolutely. was going on, yeah, and yeah. you know, small southern town, religious parents, you yeah. know, the whole kind of thing. Um, yeah, he in the in the mid nineties. Yeah. I think we lost him. It's hard but. for people to understand quite like the volume of gay men that were that succumbed to AIDS. I know. You know what I mean? So many. Yeah. I'm talking over. I, I stopped counting after ten. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. And I was a theater kid, so I was around all of it. You know, a lot. Yeah. And I didn't really. Um, I will say I had a lot more exposure, which sounds like a really bad word. I don't mean yeah. it to be, but I was around a lot more gay men than I was gay women. Yeah. I didn't really discover gay women until I got to college. <laughs> and discover, I, I mean, already in know every the, sense of the word, I know discover. what the teaser is going to be for this episode, <laughs> so that's great. Well, you know, I didn't, you know, it didn't occur. It did, I knew a couple girls in yeah. high school or junior high or whatever that were sporty. Yeah. They were a little sporty and, um... Uh, extra friendly, and of course, I was always taught to be friendly and nice. And I never once picked up a single thing they were putting down. Yeah, you know. And I find out later at high school reunions, oh yeah, that's what they were doing. Oh I wow, okay. missed it completely. That's crazy. I could spot a gay man at fifty paces, <laughs> you know, and tell you how gay he was on the Cindy Gay scale. But women, wait, what's I the got, Cindy Gay scale? The Cindy Gay scale. Is, well, there, is there an official one? Or you? Well, there's kind of an official one. It's a range. It's, okay. It goes between you know where it's like super obvious. Yeah. You know, and you own it and you're all about it. And then there's the range of you know confusion. We're not really sure. Yeah. And then I think there's some deeply, deeply closeted men who oh, come across sure. as, and I encounter, I still encounter a lot of them, even in my age bracket yeah. on the dating scene. It's just like, you know, <laughs> you really need to see somebody. <laughs> I mean, if you're in, the, if you're in your fifties at this point yeah. and you still haven't come, first of all, get away from me. Yeah. Right. That's just a whole yeah. hot mess. I don't even want to step in, <laughs> but yeah, but, but I've actually, especially since moving to Atlanta, I have really gotten involved in the, in the lesbian community in a okay. sense. I've made a ton of friends. Of course I work for the YMCA, yeah. which we're open to everybody and yeah. we're very inclusive and we pride ourselves. Do you ourselves. live in Decatur? Is that I right? do. Okay. I live in Decatur awesome. and I know what the nickname for that is too. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I was like, why are they calling it that? And then I saw the plaid and the yeah. chicken farms and I was like, Oh God, Got it. Got right. it. That's yeah. so funny. I, does that still is true now? I mean, like it, back in the day. So, like in the like early nineties, I feel like that there was definitely like 
the gay men lived in Midtown, the lesbians lived in Decatur. I, is that still true? I don't think that's as true as I it think used it's, to be. Well, I would, you would know more than I would. Yeah. Um, I would say I still see, you know, I've been in Atlanta now eight years, and I, I would say it's still, I think it's because it's uh, comfortable, it's welcoming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think people, no matter what your predisposition is, what your bent is, you're going to go to where you feel the most comfortable. Yeah. It's only the really brave that like to strike it out and, you know, be themselves in the midst of complete opposition yeah you know like Cobb County yeah. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> once you get up in that area but I think in the Midtown Decatur area you know that Grant Park all of those you know all that the ITP places yeah. I think it's incredibly normal yeah. normalized I mean it's so I, interesting you were talking about your mom where it's like she's okay with this one thing and then this other thing you know it's like and that's what's so interesting to me it's like that there are people who can be 100% pro-gay and then be racist or vice versa. Right. And the, not that they have that much to do with each other, but it's like if you're hating one group but you're accepting of another group, it's like, okay, well, what's the what's the impetus here? What's the, you know, and I find that. What's with, the line? Yeah. So my mom's Chilean mm-hmm. and like her racism sometimes it's like I don't. I like she's from another country and I've seen people be racist towards her. So sometimes I forget mm-hmm. that she has her own racist issue. So like we had an instance where they were selling their house when they were moving and it was a Vietnamese family that was uh, buying the house. And my mom was so nervous that the house was going to fall out of escrow. And I was like, why? You know, it's all, everything's almost done. Mm-hmm. Why are you so nervous? She's like, well, you know how sneaky those people can be. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what? And she's like, well, you know. And I'm like, no, I don't. I never, because that's not something, that's not the type of racism I was, like, They that may be how racist she is, but she mm-hmm. never raised that. She never raised me to think that Asian people were sneaky. Never once. Mm-hmm. So to hear it come out of her mouth, like, well, I'm see, in my my parents 40s. didn't either. I didn't find that till yeah. I was an adult. Yeah, yeah. And we're sitting at the breakfast table and my young children are at the table and we're having a conversation about it, I don't remember some popular whatever was going on and it was about uh, an african-american person and my mom says well i'm really surprised that they were able to do that and we all just kind of looked at her sort of funny even my kids stopped eating cheerios and were like what yeah and um my dad says what do you mean he goes well i just, just i just don't believe that they're as smart as we are and oh, I mean, it, uh, I know, and it got like spoons dropped and we, yeah. and, and my dad just looked at her and he goes, I cannot believe I'm hearing these words come out of your mouth. You really believe that? She goes, yeah, I do. Yeah. And later my kids now who are grown said something about, they call her Mamie. Yeah. Mamie Mamie's, Mamie's racist. I mean, they just, <laughs> you know, my racist grandmother. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yes, she was, but that doesn't completely characterize her. Well, yeah. You know? But I think that but, there's yeah. also like, that I was mean, a shock to, to. To my mom, she doesn't even understand that that's racism. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, that's just been my experience. I'm like, your experience based off of a prejudice mm-hmm. that somebody taught you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I definitely, I definitely find that interesting because my parents also have sort of come around on gay to a degree. Like, oh, really? they, they come around on gay to the point where it's like, she'll, they'll be like, oh, well, we love pain and pain's great. But thank God you ne- never adopted any children. And it's like, okay, well, we're almost there. What? We're almost there. We're almost but that's just them that's just their mentality but also hey part of the reason i didn't adopt any children is because what pieces of shit parents they were so do you know what i mean it's like it's like that's part of your it's like you're not getting any grandchildren out of me because you barely (laughs) got reward you i barely got through childhood on my own you know my parents Um, were better grandparents in many ways than they were parents yeah absolutely my my mom definitely is a better grandparent but at the same time it's like 
you can see the, okay, no longer my responsibility, run along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, you can go back yeah. now. You smell and you're kind of noisy, and I don't really like the stuff you're talking about, so right. shoo-shoo. <laughs> that was so Atlanta for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, how, so where did you come from? Nashville, Nashville. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Most people are making the move in the other direction, it seems like. People well, moving here to go to Nashville. It, it, lately. Yeah. Lately, uh, Nashville's had a huge boom the last yeah. few years since I left. I left, and they went, hey, let's yeah. turn this town up. And then, you know, and it became a lot cooler place than it was yeah. when I lived there. The it's, comedy there is really good. I don't know if you've done any better. or gone yeah. to any of the shows up there. They're mm-hmm. not, it's not not a bad scene by any means. Like, mm-hmm. incomparable to Atlanta in terms of, like, the number of shows and, like, the kind of audiences you can get in front of. I don't um, think it's as female-friendly yet as Atlanta is. Uh, probably not. Not as many. There's not as many yeah. female mm-hmm. comics, for sure. Mm-mm. I mean, um, Atlanta's very... And women taking off and doing their own shows. Oh, yeah, strong, absolutely. Which is fantastic. That yeah. wasn't around six years ago. No, not I at all. When I first gave it None a go. Not at all. Uh, I would venture to say that there was probably... I don't know if there's really any women... I think six years ago. No, not even, so. Six years ago is when, when I met you. Uh-huh. Was probably even before I started running shows. Really, I was running maybe well, one or two. You put me on a couple, and I remember yeah. one of them. You did an all women lineup, and you had to struggle to get five of us. Dulce oh. was on that one. Yeah, you had to struggle to find five of us. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where's that? Where was that? Was that the maybe the jungle? jungle. Oh yeah. God, yeah, that's where it was. That's where it was. Yeah, they hated comedy there. The people who ran the place <laughs> hated it too. It was funny. It was like nobody. Like so, I was gay doing stand up, and everyone would go, "Oh, well, you need to you need to run a, a comedy show in a gay room in a gay room." So I'd go to all the gay bars, and none of them wanted to have anything to do with stand up. And then the jungle was like, "Well, you know, they had a bunch of open nights basically, mm-hmm. and uh, and so they gave me like a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and they hated it. Like the people who worked there hated working the show. They hated because they were so used to drag and dancing mm-hmm. and like yeah, fun stuff, you know, fabulous and like showy here, stuff. Yeah, and here mm-hmm. we are running a show that was mostly straight people like coming in, telling their jokes about like you know, oh my girlfriend doesn't. And like I remember just standing at the bar. And the bartender being like, if I have to listen to one more straight person complain about their day. And that was like, to them, that's what was. T- that explains <laughs> the shitty drinks. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Then there was that problem, too. Because they just weren't. They just did they not have care. it They didn't care. They no. weren't really into it. No. I, I, they weren't really into any of that front room stuff. Like, so that mm-hmm. front room was sort of like a, like, how can we make money during the week? Mm-hmm. Because they were filling it up on the weekends. And it's oh, like, sure. that's where they made it. So unless, unless you were a giant dance party that made them thousands of dollars, they just couldn't. So like my little $5. We could have danced. <laughs> we could have danced if that's what they wanted. <laughs> right? Um, so tell me about Lace's class. Tell me like what the experience of, because you took, so you took stand-up six years ago. Yep. And then you went to another class. So tell I me did. what the difference in those classes the, were. The difference was um, I attended one of her graduation classes. It yeah. was a birthday gift for some friends of mine because they know how much I like comedy. Yeah. And, uh, and I was so impressed. Yeah. I was impressed with the quality of the performers, the preparation. I was very impressed with Lace. Yeah. So I'm in, you know, at intermission, I'm like Googling on my phone to yeah. find out what it is. And right there in the middle of the show, I signed up for the next one. Oh, wow. Class, That's crazy. Or the crazy. next one that was available, yeah, yeah. which was a few months later. Yeah. Um, I liked that it was, you know, female, only women. Yeah. So I knew that that would be a real open environment for creativity and yeah. for swapping ideas and testing yeah. out jokes and stuff. And I just liked the way she seemed very competent and the way she managed it and ran it and was very dedicated to women in comedy and supportive even after that you got through with the class, you know. And um, when I, the very first night that we met, I looked around and went, oh, these are my people. This (laughs) is, I like this. This is good. That's awesome. 
Um, and so have you been doing shows since then? Or you... I've done a few. Yeah. Um, I graduated in, uh, I did my graduation class um, end of August. Yeah. And I did a few before the holidays. And then I've done some when I'm out, if I'm gone out of town, I travel, I look for open mics. Yeah. So I've done things in Nashville, a couple things in Florida, yeah. stuff like that. And you had like, I seem to remember you had a bit about the finishing school. Do you yeah, still do that? I don't do too much of that. Yeah. I, the, the last thing, the, a lot of my material now centers around being a middle-aged woman yeah. uh, on the dating scene and what, you know, what it looks like, different, how it's different than the, all the 20-somethings that are out there, yeah. you know, the, the, not doing apps and that kind of stuff, what you yeah. run into and basically how, you know, at my age, it's like thrift store shopping, you know, <laughs> you're looking for something that doesn't smell too bad. And, um, it's not too damaged. Yeah. It's worth more than a quarter, you know, that kind of thing. Um, how do you find dating in Atlanta at 56? That's interesting. I just don't. You don't? <laughs> I don't like really? it. No. no, you don't like it? It's my age bracket. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the pool that I have to choose from i mean people talk all the time but oh this is a great time for your age there's tons of available men in your age bracket yeah. and i'm like you know the odds are good but the goods are odd <laughs> and i don't want any you know too many you know republicans and too many you know just you if you haven't taken care of your shit your personal shit by the time you're in your 50s um, you're probably not going to. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, there's no, there's no teaching old dogs new tricks for no. sure. No. So you're either going to get somebody who was already where you want them to be, mm-hmm. which then why are they alone? Right. <laughs> what did you do? What happened? What did you do? What yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So mm-hmm. no Republicans for you then? Oh Lord, no, no. Get wow. far. That's that's an immediate. How far? How far could you get along if you were like, okay, I'll date a Republican in Atlanta? It seems like there's a lot of that in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, that's no. usually a non-starter. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I'm like, if I, if I do a, if I ever do a profile, it'll yeah. say on there. If you voted for Trump, don't even bother. <laughs> don't contact me. I don't want to hear from your yeah. racist ass. No, yeah. just go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. And how do you meet people though? So you're like, you said no apps, right? Mm-mm, not right. No, I don't no? do any apps. Yeah. Um, you know, the old fashioned way, bars. No, yeah. I'm just <laughs> I don't, I mean, just between work and other friends and, yeah. you know, I stay busy. I'm not really, you know, I've been on my own for a while now. I like it. I was yeah. in a really long marriage. Um, my kids are all grown. They're yeah. 32, 30, and 22. So, you know, I have some an element of freedom there did, that I do didn't mind, used to have. What, how did your marriage end? Is it, was it a, it was, like, it was just, agreed? It just sort of like, you know, just died. <laughs> it had a natural death. Yeah. It just sort of came to the end of its life. And was it, it after was the like, children were gone or mm-hmm, was it pretty much. sort of timed out that way? And yeah, just didn't have much. as much in common or exactly, yeah. exactly. Again, if you don't work on yourself and you don't work through the stuff, yeah. like that, you know, it's going to be ingrained forever. And yeah. that's kind of how it was for him. And I was all about improving and growing yeah. and, you know, that sort of thing. And it just never, we just sort of lost that, you know, but I don't consider it a failure because yeah. it did what it was supposed to do. It yeah. raised kids, you know, we, t- we raised them till they were grown and on their own and independent and, you know. Nobody died in the process, and <laughs> everybody seems to be reasonably successful human beings. Well, that's and good. So, you know, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. But I don't like anybody telling me what to do anymore. That's good. And yeah. I have my own money, and yeah. I have my own, you know, and so for me, there's there would be so many parameters. <laughs> yeah. It would be like some guys go, oh, that, she is way too much work for that. That okay. is so not worth it. So, yeah. yeah. So did you spend a, a portion of your marriage without your own money where you had to be oh, gosh, yes. given an allowance? That's the main reason and... I stayed as long as I did. Really? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So you were sort of like in a financial situation mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. wow. So well, you... I didn't want to put my kid. I felt like this is not that bad. Yeah. You know, I can, I can, you know, suck it up and muster through this to, to give them a comfortable yeah. childhood. Yeah. And, you know, it was a sacrifice, which makes it sound real dramatic, but it yeah. really wasn't that I was willing to make, yeah. you know, for stability purposes. Um, my parents, um, my parents are both gone now and so is my brother. So I don't have any of my family of origin, I think you call it left. And that also is very liberating in many ways. You know, I can move off to a big city and start a new life and it's totally cool. Nobody's going to be complaining about you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's interesting. Um, so do you feel like that that's something that like, do you have daughters? Do you have sons? I have two daughters and a son. Yeah. Do you think that that's a lesson that you've instilled in them about Mm -hmm. having your own financial independence, especially as women? Yeah. So hard. Make sure you have your own money. Yeah. Because when you have your own money, you have options. Yeah. And a life without options is a sucky life. Yeah. And I've been there and yeah. I know what that feels like and I didn't want my children to have that. Wow. I think that's something that, that women from your generation, like that the millennials and even Gen Xers like me, that that's something that's new to them mm-hmm. is that the idea that having your own money, having your own autonomy financially Mm-hmm. is going to keep you like if you're in a relationship that isn't great then the getting out of it is so much easier mm-hmm. if you're not in t- totally financially dependent on this other person which was the case for my parents like i looked at like how my parents were and so many of the women that i know that kind of grew up in that um where they all the money was like m- oh, yeah. my mom is still in the situation where my dad is, runs all the finances so they're together, but my father is also in like the beginning stages of like not being able to kind of keep it all together. Mm-hmm. So there's like, she doesn't know where all the money is. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's oh. like at some point she has to take all that over, but that involves like going and sneaking and figuring. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like almost essentially she's well, having she to like. She needs a Vietnamese person for that. Yeah, I guess so, apparently <laughs> so. Yeah. But that's apparently what, that's what's having to happen is that. So now mm-hmm. she has to be in charge and because she hasn't thought about any of that for 40 or however long years Mm -hmm. she's like terrified of it so it's like to me it's like you're just running a you know you're just running a budget which is what i've had to do every day that i've been an adult Mm -hmm. and so for from for her to say oh i don't know how to do that i'm like who taught me then how did i learn how to be financially independent you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's that's really crazy and that seems to be a real huge dynamic between men and women Mm -hmm. in terms of like one one person lording the finances over the other and it's always traditionally a man doing it Mm -hmm. they call that there's something there's a term for it too like that um maybe it's called financial dominance or something so yeah so it's like they get well no but they get off on it so that one Uh, part one but the that yeah exactly that one party actually is into and that they're that not only do they control all the other aspects of their life but they also control all the money so Mm -hmm. that person doesn't have uh, you know, the autonomy that they need. and I don't yeah. know that he got off on it, but I know he used it as a, a form of control. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, not everybody, but some being, people that's yeah, specifically their... Yeah, being, you know, a dick, yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know. Well, I think that that's the thing. And I think what, what, what I'm talking about is a little bit more where it's like, that's the people are negotiating relationships where somebody's in control yes. like that, and that's yeah. still gross to me. Because it is. It's like I, I agree. You're you're in that situation where well, when it, when you break up, you still need credit, you still need mm-hmm. assets, you need funding, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so crazy. I never I just think about don't that. Don't like people. I mean, people telling me what to do. I have to run it through this little. I have a real quick little filter. It's you know, do you pay my bills? 
and are we fucking? If the answer to both of those is no, then I don't really care what you think. Right. And I'm not even sure if number two, even if you said yes, I'm not even sure you'd have a lot to say so about it. But it's, it's, it's part of the thing. Right. But yeah. I'm like, mm-mm, no. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the, um, that if you don't pay my bills, if they don't pay your bills, pay them no mind. That's how um, <laughs> I like that. RuPaul says it. No, that's I her. like that. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty accurate, I think mean, that's a pretty accurate thing. So what do you see for yourself? So like you're in... You're in your 50s. Mm-hmm. You're in Atlanta. You're doing stand-up. You you were writing, though, for a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. I've seen remember. Mm-hmm. Did you, yep. you, did you take Hollis's? I did. Well, that's how I found the, 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 first, comedy the, comedy, okay. the first class yeah. was through Hollis. She's like, you need to be doing something. I mean, not that you don't write well. She says, but you yeah. really need to do stand-up. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, well, how do you do that? She goes, well, here, do this. Yeah. I said, okay. Um, and then you when thought I, about starting your own show? I have. Yeah. I have. I've, I've actually got a couple of places in Decatur that I think would be open to it, and yeah. I'm, I'm, that's on my list of things to work on. It's you know all new, and I'm yeah. gathering information from the other women that were in my group, and yeah. then I'm going to do her second level, her level two class oh, good. in that's March. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I'm going to do that one too. Yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting because it really has changed <laughs> the the demographic of who's doing stand up. So like she's. I don't know if she's done 100 students. I can't remember the number. There's oh, probably two, over yeah. 200 now. But, like, if 30 of them have stuck around to do stand-up, that's still 30 more female comics than there were mm-hmm. two or three years ago. Oh, and God. then of those 30, if 10 of them are, like, producing shows and killing it and doing well, that's still 10 more female comics than we had three years. You know what I mean? And I think the thing that I'm noticing is, is that, like, in Atlanta – we spend almost all of our time focused on who's the like funniest, who are the mm-hmm. whatever. And now there's so many comics that there are like, there are groups of comics who may not fall into like the funniest. You kind of sit dead in the middle, but they produce great shows and they can pull their own audiences. Mm-hmm. So it used to be if you weren't super funny, you weren't getting in front of an audience. And now in Atlanta, it's like, well, you can be pretty funny. And if you're good at pulling a crowd, mm-hmm. then you're going to have an audience every time that you do a show because it's your audience that you went and got out yourself. And I think that's what's hugely different than I Atlanta. Think so too. And that makes you better, I think, in the long run. It makes you a little bit better. We get a little bit closer oh. to that. Um, but, uh, I also think that all of these women coming out are really, really funny. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like really funny, consistently yeah. funny every time they get up. Yeah. And I've been around enough to go to some shows where someone told some guy, you know what? You're really funny. You ought to do stand-up. And they just get up yeah. and just start talking about usually video gaming or masturbation, <laughs> one of those topics. <laughs> and people laugh. And I'm just sitting there going, there was no effort put into this. I oh appreciate really good writing for a stand I mean, I can tell yeah. the comics that really work hard on writing their material. Absolutely. And I have a real deep appreciation for can that. You do, can you do your impression of a straight just do like talk like a straight comic just tell them like one of their their dude so you know like i was home and like mom like 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 she was like totally like not there and there wasn't anything there were no pizza rolls no nothing and there was like some jergens by the table and so i was like hey i think i'm gonna put on some porn and just like knock one out until mom gets home you know, that kind of thing. And I'm just like, really? I mean, even as a mom, I'm thinking, tell me you clean up after yourself. And, you know, don't wash that dish off that you, you know, put those pizza rolls on. Come on. And the other part of me is like, who told you that was funny, honey? You know, like the first time I got heckled, I was, didn't even know how to react. Well, uh, what, what happened? Some, some, you know, drunk dude, do bro, hollers at me, you know, uh, 
you're too old to be up here or something like that. You're too old and you're not funny. I forget exactly what it was. And I said, oh, yeah. bless your heart. <laughs> I remember when I had my first beer. And then he snarks something else back, which I didn't hear, which forced me to respond. I wanted to ignore him, but I just really couldn't. And I yeah. said, I said, wow. I said, does your mama know you talk to people like that? And he goes, my mama's dead. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry. Died of shame. Did she? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was about it. And then, that, then immediately... Every mom in the crowd is looking at him, and they're all, you know, yeah. He got his own, his own, you know, the crowd punishment. Yeah, crowd, yeah, yeah, yeah. He felt that. He That's felt that funny. Where was that? That was at a club in Florida. Oh wow! Down in uh, Cocoa Beach. Okay. Wow. I have a my best friend is a flight attendant for Southwest, and yeah. she lives down there. And we go visit, and, and she's always dragging me. She's like, they haven't opened, Mike. Let's go to this one. She yeah. just likes for me to get up and do it. That's funny. And uh, it was probably, you know, too close to a spring break or something and yeah. it was really it wasn't really a club where you would expect to yeah. see a lot of young people it was really age appropriate yeah. for me wow which means you know a bunch of old people but <laughs> and and they find a lot of my humor you know they kind of get it the older women come up to yeah. me afterwards and when i talk about you know experiences with dating and yeah. men and how you know all that kind of stuff they're like oh honey you are preaching to the choir have you met patty forehand have you i met have okay. i love patty i just had patty, patty on urban tree i need <laughs> to get you on there but i just had patty on urban tree and it was so fun to watch because the, the crowd was so young. They're young, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, they just didn't. So I'm like, all right, our next performer. Um, she's in from Perry, Georgia. Blah, blah, blah. Please into the stage. And she gets. She's like, hey y'all, I'm from Perry, Georgia, and I used to be a school teacher. And then just the filth that comes out of her I mouth afterwards. <laughs> and it was fun to watch because it literally like. The, the faces that they like so they're into it they mm-hmm. laughed and they thought it was mm-hmm. great but like there's that second where they're like oh god this <laughs> this woman is gonna now be dirtier than anything I've ever, you know what I mean like it's I get a little of that I, I don't work too blue no you're not as dirty I, I, as no, Pat, I, I, Patty I Patty's like it's like I don't even know how to describe it oh I know like, she's very it's, it's, it's only I mean I think she's funny but like I'm like I want to see the reaction of the room the mm-hmm. room's reaction to her like because by the time she's done it's like oh yeah she's got jokes for sure mm-hmm. so it isn't an instance where it's like oh it's just her being filthy or whatever it's mm-hmm. like it, there's a point of view there and it's really funny and mm-hmm. she has something to say but then the just like to see somebody young watch somebody who's supposed to be like done like when you're old you're done you know what I mean and that's what they all think all these 20 somethings like I'm 47 and they're looking at me like you're done you're done and it's like we're not even got we're just getting started Mm -hmm. you don't even realize yeah exactly (laughs) we're just getting started but um well we're getting towards the end here this is how this goes 30 minutes of (laughs) random conversation Um, but I always like to end it with asking I have one question I always like to ask and that is what do straight people eat like you're at a straight like gathering I always think it's a barbecue because straight people love to eat it outside in their backyard on some dirty table that some birds have shit on right. in clear view of their air conditioned house yes that's absolutely. a straight person thing but like what are you eating you go to the straight you go to your your straight friend's house she puts out a big old messa there's always going to be hummus Hummus? Because straight people are obsessed with hummus. Okay. In, in every flavor you can imagine. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> Chocolate hummus. That's not, you know, yeah. everything you can think of. Always going to be hummus. There's probably going to be some variation of macaroni and cheese. Okay. 
Um, and they probably get a little bougie with it yeah. instead of just sticking to what works. Okay. You know, they put in some fancy cheeses and shit. Some and pimentos or whatnot. Something to make it, you know, a little fancier. Bacon, straight people put bacon on everything. Yeah. And I'm vegan, so I have to pick the bacon off, okay. which makes me sad because yeah. I used to not be vegan and yeah. I still love bacon. <laughs> so it's like, you really had to do this to me, didn't you, Karen? You just had to put the bacon on it. Um, and I also have an th- obsession around here anyway with pimento cheese. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love pimento cheese, but yeah. you can't go. You can't swing a cat and not hit a bowl of pimento cheese in this town. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is everywhere. Yeah. And straight people, I don't go to many straight people parties because they're boring. <laughs> Sorry. You heard it here first. Straight people. Boring. 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 Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we're wrapping up. Tell people where they can find you online if you want them to. Um, well, I'm on Instagram, Rich okay. Girl Red. Yeah. And um, Slide into them DMs if you're a Democrat. Yeah. And you got your shit together. <laughs> you got, yeah. Yeah. You got your shit together, please. Yeah. <laughs> Must love dogs, all the basic kind of stuff. Um, and then... Um, I have a TikTok account, and, and I'm doing some TikTok videos with my kids okay. because I basically tortured them into doing it. <laughs> so, you know, you can look for that. That'll be fun. But anything with Rich Girl Red is usually me. Okay, cool. Well, awesome. This has been Straight People. This has been Cindy Culpepper. I'm Ian Aber. Um, like, subscribe, share, whatever you got to do to um, support this podcast. Do it. Yes, yes. This has been Straight People. Woo!